0: It's wonderful to be back. I've been away for nearly two months, doing a lot of traveling, and um, I got back two weeks ago and then went away again to Devon for a week, so it's just so special to be back and to be back in the fellowship and to just see all these amazing faces of people who are really committed to God and hungry to grow in the things of God. So what we're sharing is this incredible series, From Me to You. And it has been a great series of people just opening their hearts and being very real about what God has laid on their hearts. And as I started to pray about what I would share today, it just came to me straight away that I want to share a lot of what God is actually doing now inside of me because it's one of the most exciting parts of my whole life and I I can't wait to share it with you from me to you, aspects that I've learned and that I am learning that are so precious and very vibrant and very real to me at the moment. Those who know me know I I absolutely love adventure. I love Climbing the mountains, swimming the streams, standing under waterfalls, yes, climbing trees. And now, well, I've got four children, and Roger and I, between us, have nine grandchildren. So I have fantastic opportunities of climbing trees and standing in mud and letting it squash in my toes and all those good things. But I enjoy microlighting. I enjoy um, scuba diving. I enjoy everything in between. I've always loved life, but I've not always experienced the abundant life. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes, I don't know if it's like that with you, you can be in the most wonderful place, but because you've got issues inside of you that you are just grappling with, something maybe that you're reliving, that you should have said that when he said that, (laughs) or maybe um, you're sort of aware that somebody's looking at her and not at him, and issues that are your stuff that pull you down, however ridiculous they might be, and stop you from living fully in that moment. So I want to share what I've been learning about living fully, being fully aware, with every breath, every moment, really connected to the Lord in a way that you know he's starting to live his divine purpose. And it is spectacular, it is extraordinary. It is not us with all our determination and self-will trying and striving. It's a place of resting. (laughs) It's a place of experiencing a flow that is supernatural, saturated in the Holy Spirit. So I pray with a lot of different people. It's a privilege. And I've prayed with many who say that it's as if they're living in a gray band of mediocrity that life has no special meaning or purpose for them. And so often the dullness is so intense that they dull the dullness by doing things or trying things they know don't satisfy, but they try it anyway because they've got to do something. And then they feel so guilty about what they did that they need more of that to try and fix it, and it really is a vicious circle. It's a downward spiral, and it's a slippery slope, and I know. I know. So what I want to talk about today is living life to the full, because that's where I am now, just wanting more and more and more of God, more of him in my life, because with him in our lives, we can truly start living that abundant life, life to the full, without all these things pulling us down. Let me share with you what I mean. I often ask people, what are you living for? What is life about for you? And then the next question is, do you know that God has placed eternity in your heart? We read that in Ecclesiastes 3, and it's so true, even archaeological digs in the most primitive civilizations always find a little place where there's a ritual or a a sacred spot. It's true that Eternity is placed in the hearts of everyone, whether we like it or not. We have an inbuilt quest, a longing for meaning, for purpose. And so often, the emptiness of the world, or as the writer to Ecclesiastes says, the vanity of the world is what we search, but it doesn't satisfy. So that brings me on to what does. Wonderfully, God comes to each of us up our own secret staircase. It's true. There are ways that he's just tugging at you the way he tugged at me to just lead us into a deeper walk with himself to really experience what his abundance is in our lives. I often love to look at the parables of Jesus and the one that I'd like to just glance at now is the parable of the sower. And Jesus always talked about what was around him as the people gathered. They would have seen a sower sowing seed. And we don't know the name of the sower, he's just a sower, that's what he did. And he was liberal, he scattered the seed everywhere, far and wide, very generously. And some fell on rocky ground, remember? It didn't have roots, but it sprung up quickly and when the sun came out, it withered, and it did not last. And so many times people are like that. They think of something good, maybe they even try a religion or Christianity, and they spring up and it's a quick reaction, but the roots don't go down. So when the dangers come, the heat comes, they just move along or they wither away or start all over again. It's interesting, the secret source, and this is what I want to talk about, is under the ground, the roots where nobody can see. And I can look across at a room like you and you can look at me. You don't know what the secret source of strength is in me. And I can't see in you unless it's real to me. But that's what it's all about. The secret power is in the roots. And I really want to share with you what I've been learning is that if we put our roots truly When nobody can see, when nobody's watching, there's times when nobody even knows you're doing something. If we put our roots into him and draw up nourishment from him, and that is the life-giving sap of the Holy Spirit, we will then start to live life abundantly the way he's planned it. And that is how we can experience life to its fullness. I remember going to Mauritius once and I went on a fishing trip to go right out and catch the big ones and there was a cyclone so we had to stop and we all had um, hatched down and I couldn't believe the next morning when we went out, these great big trees that were lining each side of the roads were lying flat like a whole lot of toothpicks. Their roots were little flimsy roots, these great trees with so much show on top but very little underneath. And I pray you not like that, because you know a lot of people can talk big and do big, even with the Lord's things. But he says, I never knew you, because the roots, the roots have to go down deep. They've got to gotta be real, they've got to draw up. His life nourishing Holy Spirit, and that's how we produce fruit. Let's look at Jeremiah chapter 17. I've been looking a lot at the Message Bible lately, Mark has been using it too, and I just love it because it's such a real gutsy version. It's a paraphrase, it's not the the exact translation, but it gives you a capturing of what it's about. Jeremiah 17, five to eight says this, God's message, and what he says here in Jeremiah, is, and I love it because it's God's message. Some of the older translations say, thus says the Lord. But this message is said, God's message, what God says is clear and simple, and this is it. Cursed is the strong one, the so-called strong one, who depends on mere humans, who thinks he can make it on muscle alone. That's self-determination, and you know those types of people. And he sets God aside as a dead weight, as useless. What is he really like? He's like tumbleweed on the prairie, Out of touch with the good earth, he lives rootless and aimless in a land where nothing grows. It's blown around. And you know, a lot of celebrities are like that, we can read about them and they look so good and they're so glitzy and glamorous, but it's sadly like tumbleweed just blown around because they're not in touch. Some versions say it's like a stunted shrub growing in a salt-encrusted plains of a barren wilderness. It's got no hope, Really? But then it says, blessed is the man who trusts me, God. The woman who sticks with God. They're like trees replanted in Eden. I love that because we once were in Eden. We once were in the paradise of such close, intimate friendship and fellowship with God. And then we were expelled. Remember when Adam blew it and Eve replanted in Eden. That's what it's like. Putting roots down near rivers That's where the water is. You've got to put your roots where the water is, the living Holy Spirit. And this next part's amazing. Never a worry through the hottest of summers. It almost sounds flippant, doesn't it? But if you truly are trusting God, you're not fretful and worrying because you know that He is Jehovah Jireh. You know that He is Jehovah Ratha. You know that you can trust Him. Never dropping a leaf serene and calm through droughts I mean that's amazing to stay serene and calm truly that way not just on the top where everybody's watching but truly calm and serene and this is what I love bearing fruit every season you see we can't bear that fruit and that's what was shared with Henry when he talked about John chapter 15 abiding in the vine we can't muster up the fruit it comes naturally as an outpouring, as a flowing when the Holy Spirit's in us. So blessed, confident are the people to be envied, to be congratulated are those who really put their trust in God. There will be nourished, there will be a vitality. And this is a message right through the Bible. I love Psalm 92 because that talks about the oldies. And as you're getting older, and I know you know, it happens to us, I love the way that God's energy comes into us and revitalizes us, renews us, recharges us. And it really does happen. Psalm 92 says that. Even as we get older, we will still be bearing fruit. We will still be green. We will be vibrant. We will be full of zeal. Because it's not our own mustering off of strength but it really comes from the holy spirit who is moving in us and he's the one who gives us the energy do you know enthusiasm comes from in theos in god so when god is in you you do have enthusiasm (laughs) and it's amazing it's not because you try it's not that on top of the soil but it's underneath You're drawing that up so you can honestly have enthusiasm and trust and confidence. And I read recently that Dwight Moody said that Moses spent the first 40 years of his life trying to be somebody, and then the second 40 years realizing he was a nobody, and then the last 40, because he was an old man, he learned what God can do with a nobody, and isn't that a wonderful pattern? And I think it's often a pattern of our lives. We start out thinking we are really cool and something, and then suddenly as we get older and wiser, we realize, mm-mm. And then we realize, oh, I'm a nobody. And then you often go through that terrible crushing, where, oh, what am I going to do? But God can make something out of nobody And just look what he went on to do. So scripture's full of older people and younger people. I mean, Jeremiah said he's too young to be a prophet. Isn't that amazing? You always think of him as a long, white-bearded man with a quivering voice. But Jeremiah said he's too young. So it's for everybody, (laughs) the Holy Spirit coming in and revitalizing and renewing. Have you read Ezekiel 47 recently? I encourage you to read that. We haven't got time to go into it now, but it's one of my favorite passages because it says that there is this river of healing that comes from the throne of God. And it's amazing because it's like the heart of God issuing out the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit flows. And we read in Ezekiel 47 that along the banks wherever this river flowed, trees would just spring up. (laughs) And this river was flowing into the Dead Sea, where there was nothing, nothing, Dead Sea. That can be a picture of life. And as the Holy Spirit flowed, river of healing on the banks' trees started to bear fruit. And the fruit was for food. The leaves were for healing. And as the river flowed into the Dead Sea, the Dead Sea was transformed. And every living creature was moving in that water. And there was teeming fish in the Dead Sea. That is a picture of the Holy Spirit moving in our lives when our roots are deep down where nobody can see. I love it. He planted us with a purpose. He really did. Our true nature, our personality, can never be expressed until we really ask him to fill us, to flow through us. Hosting him (laughs) is the most exciting part of being alive. And displaying him is the greatest privilege of ministry. I'll say that again. Hosting him is the most exciting part of being alive because we are truly alive. And showing his works and his ways, being his hands, being his feet, being his voice, showing his heart is our ministry. And that's the most beautiful thing that we can do in flowing. So that is through the Holy Spirit. So if you're feeling uprooted, I just want to say to you, if you're rootless, you're fruitless. Sounds gimmicky, but it's true. You can't produce things on your own, especially the qualities that the Holy Spirit has for you. Put your roots in, have a vital connection with Him. And if you've never really abandoned yourself to Him, I really urge you to do that. Just give all. Give all. Hold nothing back. He is such a good, amazing God. Hebrews 12 warns us about the root of bitterness. So I just want to quickly say, if you've got a bitterness in your life, if that's the thing that's pulling you back and stopping you from the abundance that God's got, put a root to that, put an an ax to that root, I mean, put an ax to that root, and let's get rid of that. We can pray with you afterwards. That's gotta stop because root is, a, a root of bitterness is a killer. Often I think bitterness is like somebody mixing up a potion of poison but then drinking it themselves. Because you're the one who's impacted by that bitterness. And that leads you to being a stunted shrub in the barren wilderness. You don't want to be that. You want to get your roots freely in. You want to grow into him. You want to start displaying his fruit. I just want to share something very quickly. Um, When my late husband John died, and I was a, a widow with four children, my youngest was only 10, my whole life just seemed to crash. I clung onto the Lord and we all said we were like limpets on a rock. That Whenever there was a bashing of sorrow and mourning, we would just stick deeper and cling, cling closer to the rock. And I remember one Sunday when the children had been taken out by a friend for a lovely afternoon's outing and it was my first afternoon to be at home. And we lived in a really big home with a beautiful garden with lots of trees. And I remember lying on that lawn and I just couldn't stop sobbing. <laughs> I just felt the wretchedness of suddenly being alone and having to <clears throat> excuse me, deal with so many new challenges and I didn't feel prepared. And I just sobbed and sobbed and I lay on the grass. And then I became aware that a wind was blowing. And I just sat up and I looked and it was an extraordinary experience. It was a life-changing moment for me because... There was this big tree, it was like a wild fig that had these massive branches that were just swooping and swaying powerfully. And then I had silver birches that were just twittering and glittering and it was like tiny little tinkles of sound. And I had another tree with with long stems and leaves and I I remember through the tears I could see a different kind of a shimmer and a different sound. And it was as if there was this invisible conductor just bringing in this and doing that. It was like a symphony of leaves. And I just realized that the Holy Spirit is God's wind. And he was coming up my secret staircase in my most wretched time to show me his power and his love, that I was not alone, that he had a plan for my life. And I remember that moment where I went from lying flat on my back and weeping to sitting up in wonder and looking and then I just prostrate myself on the grass and I just abandoned myself to him and surrendered everything. And he honestly gave me such a dousing of joy <laughs> that I was laughing and crying and I was so vitally connected in the most beautiful, extraordinary way. I wanted to share that for me to you because that is a pattern I've learned over the years. That when I am in the depths of any kind of despair or discouragement, I open myself to him in a sense of Total abandonment. And he comes, as Isaiah 61 says, that he moves the mourning into joy. He moves the ashes into beauty. And there it says, because we are oaks of righteousness, the same theme, the planting of the Lord, that he will be glorified. This just want to read quickly from John chapter 3. This is the one where Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, but in the message it's lovely. John 3, verse 8, it says, let me say again. Unless a person submits to this original creation, the wind hovering over the water creation, like we, we spoke about in Genesis 1, the, the creator, the invisible moving the visible. Do you get that? The wind hovering, this creation of the wind, the invisible, because we can't see moving the visible that we can see a baptism into a new life it's not possible to enter into God's kingdom so don't be surprised when I tell you this is Jesus says that you have to be born from above out of this world so to speak you know well enough how the wind blows this way and that you hear it rustling in the leaves and you have no idea where it comes from or where it's headed next That's the way it is with everyone born from above, by the wind of God, the Spirit of God. So as we release ourselves to the Spirit, to the Ruach, to God's breath, the Holy Spirit, He will blow. And when He comes, my, He just does amazing wonders in our lives. Let's have a look and just see. Ephesians 3 is one of my favorite. Then Christ will make His home in your hearts as you trust in him, your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Those roots that nobody can see, if they go down into God's love, you're going to be kept strong. Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. And then Ephesians, that was Ephesians 3, 7 in the message. Ephesians three sixteen to 18, now just listen to this. If you really want to know what abundant life is... Just listen to this. I ask him, this is Paul's prayer, and that's my prayer for you, to strengthen you, each one of you, by his spirit, and it's not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength, (laughs) that Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite him in. More of him, more of him. I ask that with both feet planted firmly. There's the planting firmly in love. That's how it's gotta be. You'll be able to take in, with all Christians, all of us, the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. I mean, it is extravagant. We can't even believe it. Reach out, and here he's saying, reach out and experience the breadth. Test the length, plumb the depth, rise to the heights, It's fantastic. I think we should just give the Lord a (laughs) chair. Isn't it amazing? This is abundant life. He's saying reach out. If you've never had this rich experience of a vital connection, start to explore, invite him in. Have more of him so that you can reach out to know this extravagance of his love. Colossians 2, 7 says, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. And this is the story of my life as I've been starting to trust him more and more, putting my roots honestly into him. And it's not about show on the outside. It's very easy to show on the outside, do the right things, say the right things, be seen to be the right things, you know, is my hair right? It's not about that. It's about honestly putting your roots in, being vulnerable, being transparent just being real and putting your roots in and just wanting more and more of him so that he can be the one who grows in you and shows his fruit. Galatians 5.22, I think if we ever had a list of the qualities that we would just love to have, it would be that. Love, we would want to have God's love, don't we? We want to love the unlovely, that person that is really hard we're thinking of right now. God can help us lovely, unlovely. And not just a fake love, but a real genuine love. Joy that overflows. Peace that subdues. And it's not just a lack of conflict, you know. You're going to grit your teeth and get through this lunch because so-and-so is there. It's not that. It's it's a sense of peace that it passes understanding. It boggles your mind. (laughs) That's God's kind of peace. Because it's not what we manufacture, but it's what he's pouring into us. Patience, oh, we need that. Kindness, virtue, goodness, faith, self-control, all these qualities. If any of these are part of the list of what you're lacking, I just urge you, put your roots in. When nobody can see you, nobody's watching. Those early mornings, get up a bit early, spend time with him. Maybe it's just not watching your Facebook or this or that as much, but just honestly being hungry for more and more of him. He's just so willing to fill us and to move in. And then I have to tell you about the toothpaste test. Do you know the toothpaste test? Well, you know when you squeeze a tube of toothpaste? What you squeeze is what comes out. And I know someone who doesn't put the top on the toothpaste, but never mind. (laughs) move right along. Um, the toothpaste test. So are you surprised sometimes by your reactions when you squeezed? What comes out? That is a good indicator of what's inside. And I just urge you, when your roots are really into him, when you're thinking of him as Psalm 1 says, you know, we haven't got time to go into that, but if you just read Psalm 1, it's exactly the same theme of what I'm saying. I'm not making this up. (laughs) It's God's word and it's true and it works. He said, blessed to be envied, to be congratulated are those who put their full trust in God, who don't just hang out with the wrong kind and talk about the wrong criticisms and the jabber and the gossip but those who really delight in the Lord. (laughs) And that's a word I just marvel at, delight. Because nobody can actually quantify that incredible, wonderful feeling when you truly delight in the Lord and you just meditate on his word day and night. You will be like a tree planted by the waters. You will always bear fruit. It will not fail. And it says at the end of Psalm 1, whatever you do will prosper, because you have been guided and directed by the Lord. He doesn't make mistakes. Do you catch it? <laughs> this is the abundant life that I wanted to share. Times do get tough, things do go wrong, Things happen that we cannot understand. And I know, and those who know me personally know that there are many different issues in our lives at the moment that we're dealing with, things we prayed for for years and years, decades, that haven't come to pass yet. So people say often, how do you cope? How do you keep serene and composed and all that and rejoicing, bubbling over with joy? That is truly because I have chosen to put my roots into him and I'm not fazed by what goes along. Less and less I'm fazed by what goes on around. Habakkuk three is a passage I just want to share with you quickly from the Amplified Bible this time. And it says in verse 17, and this is dear Habakkuk, this wonderful old prophet, that the fig tree does not blossom and there's no fruit on the vines Though the yield of the olive fails. He's looking at all the things that should be prosperous and growing. It's not happening. And the fields produce no food. Though the flock is cut off from the fold. And there is no cattle in the stalls. It's a pretty bleak picture. And maybe that's what you're feeling right now. And I can say I have been there as a Christian. I have been there when it's been really bleak and I keep thinking, there's absolutely nothing here that I've been hoping for, expecting, or believing. What does he say next? I mean, I just start weeping and having my pity party. Yet, I will choose to rejoice in the Lord. And that's the Lord with capital letters. Remember we did the names of God, the I am, one throbbing with life. You can't put him down, our Lord. I will choose to shout in exultation in the victorious God of my salvation. The Lord is my strength, my source of courage, my invincible army. He is. He has made my feet steady and sure, like hinds feet, and makes me walk forward with spiritual confidence I'm not going to cower on my high places of challenge and responsibility. That's like the mountains. And I always have this picture of a little mountain goat skipping over. The Lord does that. He really does that because of who he is. So we've looked at the fruit of the Spirit. Just want to go quickly through the amazing reality that he brings his fruit into us when we put our roots into him. But he also gives gifts, the Holy Spirit. Amazing gifts. And we can read all about that in 1 Corinthians 12. The gifts of the Spirit. Don't you want wisdom? I do. Don't you want knowledge? I do. That's a gift. Do you want faith? Yes. Do you want miracles? Healing? Yes. These are gifts that the Holy Spirit brings. He gives to each in a tailor-made way as he knows you can deal with them and use them. Amazing gifts of the Holy Spirit. I just think it's wonderful we're gonna have a prophetic school of prophecy here with Catch the Fire from the 3rd, 4th, 5th of October because prophecy is a gift. Speaking in tongues, discerning spirits, interpreting tongues, these are all amazing gifts that show the world the supernatural because we are to be saturated in the supernatural power of God and that is the abundant life. And as we show the supernatural power of God, others will see and catch that fire, truly they will. So it's the Holy Spirit who infuses us with the inner strength and changes us from the inside that we can impact the world. It's a very exciting life if you are honest, if you are real, and if you are working underground where nobody can actually see and measure but they can see the fruit. They can see your life changing before their eyes. They can see a difference, and you can see people visually change when the Lord is in their lives and there's a radiance. So I would like to ask the band to come up, please. And I want to just close by telling you a story that's very real to my heart. And that is, when I was 16, I was a foreign exchange student to America. And I went to the Midwest, to Iowa, which many people have never visited. Just miles and miles of flat cornfields and maize fields. And it was a very exciting year. Rodeos and cowboys and calf roping and cowboys chewing tobacco and all that. But I met a remarkable woman called Lois Bjork, whose face radiated with the love of God. I've never met anybody up until then who spoke about Jesus in such an intimate, personal way. And she constantly talked about her relationship with him and how she loved him and how he told her things and revealed things through the Holy Spirit. And she kept saying these words to me, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And I had no idea what she meant, but I just somehow caught that enthusiasm from her. Years later, when I was at university studying philosophy and existentialism and all these things, and I started to search for meaning and purpose. Like I mentioned before, eternity in our hearts. God came to me up my secret staircase and revealed himself to me in the most remarkable way so that I really knew him and gave my life to Jesus Christ. And over the years, I've got to know him and grow in him and just experiencing him more and more. Two years ago, I had the opportunity of going to a really big international conference in Atlanta, Georgia, and I decided I would go by Iowa to see this amazing lady. And I've been in touch with my family that I stayed with, and I said, I'd like to go and see Lois. And they said, sad news, she's been in a home, she's very frail, she's had a tracheotomy, she's not speaking, but come anyway. And when I got there, they took me straight to her hospital bed, and she was like a little skeleton. I remember this dancing eyes and slightly protruding teeth and hair on her head, but she was so thin, like a little skeleton. I took her bony hand and she was wearing a nappy and had this sheet draped on her. And I could see this thing on her throat. They told me she hadn't made a sound for two weeks, that she was just lying there, unconscious really. I took her hand And it was this bony little hand and I knelt next to her bed and I just said, Lois, I've come to tell you that I want to say thank you because you told me about Christ in me, the hope of glory. And I've given my life to Christ and my family has and I've had a chance to share his goodness in so many places. She squeezed my hand, (laughs) it was remarkable. And then I just said to her and I'm learning more and more what it means in me the hope of glory and she started going oh oh," she made a sound and they called the nurse and um i left after a while went to my conference two days later she had passed away and my family said to me it was as if she was hanging on because she somehow knew in the spirit maybe that I was coming I don't know but it is remarkable that's true Roger knows it's happened you see the wind blows where he will he quickens us but I urge you put your roots in be real be alive to him because second Corinthians says your very lives are a letter that anyone can read by just looking at you Christ himself wrote it not with ink with God's living spirit. Let's pray. Loving Father, we've covered so many things, but we just want to thank you with all our hearts that you are the living God who saturates us with the Holy Spirit, that as we put our roots honestly and really into you, we can draw up life-giving nourishment and bear your fruit to this hungry, sick and tired world. Thank you that Christ in us is the hope of glory and that we can go out and show your goodness that your kingdom may come. Amen.